Baker Hostetler is excited to bring you a three-part podcast series, The Data Economy and You. You might have heard the term data is the new oil. In this podcast series, we'll be taking a look at how the recent U.S. privacy laws are revolutionizing what it means to sell data, how data should be governed and managed by retail and tech industries in particular because of the new requirements, and what businesses can do to identify and mitigate against regulatory enforcement and litigation risks. I'm Amy Kotman, and you're listening to Baker Hosts. On today's episode, we'll explore these privacy laws and how they affect retail and tech companies. Our guests today are Juwan Serrato and Craig Carpenter, partners in the Digital Assets and Data Management Group at Baker Hostetler. Juwan is co-leader of the group's Digital Transformation and Data Economy team, and Craig serves as the Dallas Digital Assets and Data Management Leader. Welcome to the show, Juwan and Craig. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Happy to be here. Juwan, let's start with you. What's different about the CCPA and why is it so significant? Amy, we planned this three-part podcast series because we are finding that our clients are just getting pulled into so many different directions. And there's really no hiding from this new data economy issues. First, today, we're going to be focused on legal compliance, where businesses are trying to keep up with what seems to be a never-ending avalanche of new privacy and consumer protection laws about data. While in the second podcast, we're going to be focused more about the response to the regulatory enforcement inquiries that we're seeing and, and litigation claims. And then in the third podcast, we're going to be talking about bringing it back to the business. What's the business behind advertising and how do we balance it all, you know, all with limited budgets and uncertain business environments where data optimization and customer engagement are, are more important than ever. The significance of the CCPA has been that for some of these privacy concepts like fairness and, and transparency, that they got codified and there's teeth in the law. The California AG has enforced the law actively since July 2020, and the U.S.'s very first privacy-focused agency, the California Privacy Protection Agency, starting from July 2023, is now dedicated to rulemaking and enforcement of this law. Furthermore, 11 additional states since 2020 have followed California's lead, and have enacted laws that provide for new consumer rights, as well as data governance and contract requirements. What that means is that the data that was collected and processed by retail and tech industries, they were primarily unregulated and are are now heavily regulated. And the businesses are having to stand up new privacy programs to comply with these legal requirements. We were privileged to act as defense counsel in several of these California AG investigations over the last three years, including the first ever California AG CCPS settlement, which was publicized last August. And what we learned from those and from ongoing regulatory inquiries is that privacy is no longer a nice to have. For businesses to compete in what's been dubbed as the data revolution, Access to clean data, data that's actionable without stepping into any of these landmine issues is now table stakes, a must-have, and sometimes even existential. Craig, what do companies think about these new and upcoming privacy laws in the U.S., and how do they impact business strategy? Yeah, I think for a lot of companies, this creates a tricky situation, especially companies in the technology and retail sectors 
as Juwan mentioned, which until recently, these haven't really had to operate in a heavily regulated environment for the most part, you know, especially compared to financial services and healthcare and education. Technology and retail have avoided a lot of the heavy data regulations. And so this is a little bit new for them. And so these companies find themselves in a business environment where, on the one hand, they're trying to get closer to their consumers. And a lot of companies are having this directive come straight from the top, straight from leadership and the C-suite. And companies are pushing to invest in omni-channel sales and look for ways to maximize their marketing budgets with things that have provable ROI. And we see this a lot with the expansion of ad tech over the last few years. And there's this perception on the business side, which I don't think is untrue, that if you're in retail or tech and you don't play the data game, meaning you don't optimize your first party data, you don't utilize customer insights, and you don't otherwise participate in this data revolution that Juwan mentioned, you're essentially going to lose and your competitors are going to pass you up and you're going to lose sales. So however, on the other hand, as Juwan mentioned, you're now in this legislative environment where you're not supposed to be doing things like tracking consumers cross-platform and across sites. And you're not supposed to be hoarding this information and keeping it forever as we have in the past. And you're also supposed to be all of a sudden giving consumers additional choices about what information you can collect and what you can do with it. And so for me, there's almost this direct conflict in what the business side of these companies want to do which is get closer to consumers, which, again, I don't know is necessarily a bad thing. And then what the laws are saying, where they're saying you can't do some of these things because we do consider it a bad thing. And this conflict's really coming at a time where, you know, some of this stuff is what companies want and maybe need to do to thrive in various tough economic environments. And then states and regulators and plaintiffs bar think that companies shouldn't be doing these things. And so you see this conflict really kind of starting to arise with the enforcement of CCPA, as Jawan mentioned, and then especially now in light of some of the recent legislative action coming out of California surrounding data brokers, specifically the Delete Act, in which the term data brokers itself almost even kind of starts to take on this negative connotation. And there's all of a sudden kind of a perception that collecting data on consumers makes you a bad guy. Joanne, Craig mentioned Delete Act. Would you explain that to our listeners? The Delete Act is an evolution from the CCPA. At least that's the way I'm thinking about it. The, the CCPA already went through a number of amendments, and the Delete Act builds on top of the existing data broker registration requirement in California, as well as the very broad definition of what constitutes a data sale. The sponsors of the Delete Act have said that the legislative intent in the Delete Act were to patch an apparent loophole in the CCPA. They wanted the entities to delete the data brokers, to delete the information, even if the data was aggregated from other sources and not collected directly from consumers. The Delete Act will require the California Privacy Protection Agency to create a system by 2026. Uh, which would allow consumers to make a single data deletion request to all data brokers. There are currently over 500 data brokers registered. And while there's been discussion about whether this law is constitutional and we'll see if it survives judicial review and other litigation challenges, the legislative intent is clear. There appears to be strong interest among the lawmakers in trying to give control back to the consumers in terms of how data is proliferated shared with different third parties, 
and to make it easy for consumers to opt out of certain data usages. How this law is ultimately going to be implemented, starting from the design of this one-stop shop deletion mechanism, remains to be seen. And our clients are currently very invested in analyzing how their advertising and third-party relationships need to be reassessed based on the challenges anticipated ahead. Thanks, Juwan. Craig, what is a data broker and which companies consider themselves to fall under this category? Yeah, it's interesting because, as Juwan mentioned, the Delete Act builds upon this concept that's been around now for a couple of years of the data broker registration laws. And so we know that two states, Vermont and perhaps unsurprisingly, California, enacted data broker laws in 2018 and 2019, respectively. And so these data broker laws, the, the first iteration required registration, as Juwan mentioned, for data brokers. And so now the Delete Act is coming in to, to really make the consumer choice easier with respect to data brokers. But the concept of data brokers is not new. And so the existing acts define the term data broker broadly to include any business that knowingly collects and sells to third parties, the personal information of a consumer with whom the business does not have a direct relationship. I mean, this is subject to a few exceptions, including businesses that comply with Gramm-Leach and the credit reporting agencies and HIPAA. And so there's a few exceptions. Uh, Interestingly, this year, and what we perceive could be a growing trend, Oregon and Texas joined California and Vermont in passing laws requiring data brokers to register within the state. And so as mentioned, the definition of data broker from these existing laws that's going to be applied in the Delete Act uh, is fairly broad. And and like Juwan alluded to, I think it'll be interesting the impact that this new law will have on the ad tech ecosystem and other companies that we don't traditionally think of as necessarily data brokers, as in companies that sell customer lists or companies that sell customer attributes as their primary business model. It will also be interesting, I think, to see what, if any, impact this will have on the shift towards retail media networks, which leverage first-party data, but otherwise provide insights to third parties similar to traditionally what data brokers do. And I think, you know, you kind of see this, there's almost an analogy, there's this push to treat data collection online similar to how telemarketing has been regulated for years, you know, in the formation of the the sort of one-stop shop mechanism, which was the do not call list, now is what we see coming up in the Delete Act. So interesting analogy there between uh, the telemarketing regulation. Joan, based on what we discussed today, how do you see these regulations changing the way businesses engage in online advertising? The specific focus on online advertising by these new privacy laws um, have been surprising. It's been a surprising takeaway for us. While Europe focused on access and deletion rights, the U.S. gave consumers the right to opt out of targeted advertising and required companies to assess whether certain ad tech activities constitute a sale, quote unquote, of their customer data. How a company builds websites and mobile apps and and how they manage all of the myriads of online tracking technologies that used to be handled more by IT or, or marketing to a certain extent. And that is now a legal question. 
So the lawyers that are advising the companies on these new state privacy laws in the U.S. has meant that we not only have to think about designing data governance programs and communicating them upfront in notices and privacy policies, but they also have to be really hands-on to to understand the technical requirements and to give instructions for the data sharing that occurs on the back end while online advertising moves at lightning speed. And that meant having governance programs around all of the company service providers, ad tech partners, and third parties. We've learned that legal compliance requirements are very granular and sometimes deviates from the expectations of an EU-based program, for example. So a specific investment has been needed to separately assess the new legal requirements. Thanks, Joanne. As a final question for both of you, what do you think about digital assets on the internet as a whole? Craig, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, I think just to kind of echo what Juwan said, I think these laws and this trend, you know, if it keeps growing in this direction of consumer protection, it may really have the opportunity to shake up the way the internet works, has worked for the last 20 years. I think that this this trend towards uh, consumer choice and consumer protection with respect to digital advertising may change the value proposition for free services online and the freemium services that have proliferated for the last 20 years. You know, the theory behind the sort of free service and freemium model was that the consumer data was the product, right? So you can get free services because in response, you're giving your data. Uh, There's the old saying that if you don't know what the product is, you're the product. And that was sort of the model that these freemium services and free services online were built off of. But but now, you know, that, that with these new laws, that may not be possible. And so I think this may cause businesses to rethink their relationship with consumers online. And, and you know, you could take the, the doom and gloom approach of, you know, this is going to be, you know, hurt businesses and, and stifle innovation, or possibly it may lead to innovation um, and, and new business practices you know, we, we maybe see this with the rise of retail media networks may cause a shift to more kind of paid service models online, which you're already starting to see in certain areas of, of social media and content creation. And, you know, data is, is becoming a protected asset, you know, versus how it was treated in the past. Uh, and so consumers get to control this asset and businesses are having to change the way they think about data and practices that were okay in the past, such as hoarding data, keeping it forever, using it for whatever purposes businesses want, you know, these days, those practices are best frowned upon or worst illegal now. And so I think it'll be interesting over time to see how this plays out. I think it'll also be interesting to see how this privacy legislation withstands things like judicial review and the business interests, which if we're talking about retail and tech being regulated, you know, we know there's there's significant war chests for things like lobbying. And so we already are seeing a lot of interest from legal challenges, including recently with the California Age Appropriate Design Code being held up in court potentially, and then also significant lobbying by big tech. And so, you know, th- this trend is happening towards consumer protection, but we'll see if it can uh, withstand some opposition. Joanne, over the last year, or maybe even several years, we have seen significant legislative developments and court challenges that are centered around what truly is the product that the consumer is buying in the digital economy and, and what limits the law 
or the regulators can place on how private businesses build, launch, and sell products and services online. It's without question that data has value. And as Craig said, sometimes data is the product. I think one of the main questions for businesses will be the the question about data ownership. If the digital properties, products, and services are offered for free, who owns the data? Should businesses continue to have the ability to collect and use data that's aligned with their business strategies? Or will they be challenged by litigation claims and regulatory increase as we're seeing them that seek to put limits on how these digital assets are marketed to consumers? These questions are being brought on not only by privacy regulators globally, but also antitrust and consumer protection agencies, as we see privacy become more and more a consumer protection issue under the larger rubric or or unfair competition, false advertising, and deceptive practices. Thanks so much for joining us today, Juwan and Craig. Thanks for having us on the podcast, Amy. Thanks, Amy. If you have any questions for Jawan or Craig, their contact information is in the show notes. Join us next week as we dig into privacy litigation trends with partners Jawan Serrato, Bethany Lukic, and Matt Pearson. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.